Because some of that I don't think we'll ever, ever see again as um, firefighters. It's um, once in a lifetime event for me personally, being in the job for so long. And as I said, it was just, yeah, it's un- unforgettable. It's unforgettable. The amount of devastation it left with communities all around the state and interstate was just devastating. That's Mo Haddad, a veteran firefighter from Busby Fire Station in New South Wales, talking to SBS News about his memories of the devastating 2019 to 2020 bushfire season. In June 2019, it was predicted that an early start to the bushfire season, which usually begins in August, may have been possible due to exceptionally dry conditions and a lack of soil moisture. Throughout the summer that followed, hundreds of fires burned, mainly in the southeast of the country. The major fires peaked during December 2019 to January 2020. In total, just over 24 million hectares were burned, more than 3,000 homes destroyed, and at least 34 people lost their lives. Mo Haddad says the pressure was enormous. At the time, we were probably exhausted more than anything, fatigued, exhausted, because it was just relentless. Every day, 24-7, just fires, fires, fires. We'd be off duty, they'd be ringing us up to come in. And honestly, as a first responder, or in our case, firefighters, we never say no. It's just we're humble, we're obliged, that's what we sign up to do. In 2019, in an unprecedented joint statement directed to the state and federal governments, 23 former emergency service bosses called for stronger action on climate change. Among them was former Fire Chief Greg Mullins. Interviewed for the SBS podcast series Change Agents, he explains he became aware of how the bushfire season was changing year after year. I just noticed over the years how the fire seasons were getting slightly longer Um, starting earlier, finishing later. There was less time to do hazard reduction burning because it would get too hot and windy um, and the fires would get away. And from the mid-90s, it was very clear that something major was going on in in the environment. He's travelled on a Churchill Fellowship to the United States, Canada, France and Spain, talking to bushfire authorities overseas about their work, and he read up on scientific papers about climate change and the way these changes were affecting fire seasons around the world. In 2019, he started ringing around former colleagues, putting forward the idea of forming an organisation that could lobby for more preventative actions and more resources for the fire services and more action on climate. Emergency Leaders for Climate Action was launched on April 10th in 2019, just months before the disastrous 2019-20 to bushfire season, but it wasn't well received. We tried to warn the Prime Minister from April 2019 that a bushfire catastrophe was coming and we were just (laughs) dismissed as troublemakers. Um, We got called all sorts of things by the Deputy Prime Minister. What was it, raving inner city latte-sipping lunatics or something or other. There's increasing evidence that the fire chiefs were, however, right in pointing out the link between climate change and increased danger from bushfires. A new study by World Weather Attribution, a global team of scientists that examines the role played by climate change in extreme weather, says the intensity of bushfires is undoubtedly linked to climate change. One of the study's authors is Isadine Pinto of the Royal Netherlands Meteorological Institute. In terms of heat waves, more often we see that every study that we do we see the fingerprint of climate change uh, in in intensifying this type of events of heat waves so it's pretty clear it's uh, unequivocal that uh, human induced climate change is influencing uh, heat wave events in terms of intensity and the frequency of occurrence 
The Northern Hemisphere's summer has seen extreme weather cause havoc, with temperatures breaking records in China, the United States and Southern Europe, sparking forest fires, water shortages and a rise in heat-related hospital admissions. Thousands of tourists were evacuated from the Greek island of Rhodes to escape wildfires caused by a record-breaking heat wave. Dr Pinto says the world will have to get used to events like this, which used to be rare. In the past, uh, probably this event would not have happened or it will it would have happened in once in 50 years. But currently, because of increases in greenhouse gases and we are altering the composition of the atmosphere, affecting the global surface mean the temperature, we're going to see the intensity of these events and the frequency as well uh, being much shorter. In this case, uh, that's how that's why we say that these events might happen. Uh, more frequently every two to five years instead of every 50 or every 100 years. John Knoll, a senior climate campaigner for Greenpeace, says that extreme heat caused by global warming is already having devastating economic impacts and spurring increased migration and food shortages. He's strongly critical of fossil fuel companies who he blames for the current crisis. None of this was inevitable. We steep measures that we need to take to to redesign our society didn't have to be this extreme. There has been a 30-year disinformation campaign by some of the largest fossil fuel interests in America, right? And solving the climate crisis is an existential crisis for an oil and gas company because they sell climate pollution for a living. So people need to wake wake up to that fact and let it sink into a new cultural understanding that oil and gas companies are not our partner in this quest to address climate change. Many of the world's largest oil and gas companies have issued pledges to cut emissions and invest in renewables. BP CEO Bernard Looney says that the world needs a better and more balanced energy system. And while he agrees action is needed to accelerate the energy transition, he says that rapid transition needs to be balanced and orderly so that affordable energy keeps flowing where it's needed. Climate activists say the fossil fuel industry isn't doing enough. Greg Mullins says the solution is clear. The big thing that we're saying is it's almost futile to invest money in adaptation if we're not um, investing even more in climate, climate mitigation, and that's reducing emissions. Alan Lee, SBS News.